are listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania every weekday, 9am and of course if you're in uh, Tasmania you can catch us again at 4.30pm I'm your host, Jason Cook and today we have David Maxwell every Friday, in fact, we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston Welcome David Hi Jason, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I had a good break yesterday down here. It was a beautiful sunny day and uh, I was able to spend a lot of the day uh, just uh, relaxing. So it was great. Oh, it was that's a hot, great. It was a holiday yesterday, so yeah. Yes, we had ours last week or the week before. I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah. So today, day, uh, let me try again, David. <laughs> today, uh, you'll be continuing your series, The Coming King, hmm. and uh, the topic today is the prophetic word yes but, uh, before we get into that i know you uh i love your stories that you share and i'm just wondering today if you've got something to share with us from your stories and your life yes i'm, I'm continuing on the the theme of the challenges that we faced in our christian experience to to up to now and one of the next ones i spoke last week about our our relocation to sydney Mm. and the challenges that that presented and so today's one is another relocation actually when i looked at how many times i've shifted one day i counted them up i think since since i left home uh, at 15 i've moved nearly 40 times uh, wow from one place to another and and of those those 40 moves two two of them were uh, one was 10 years one was eight years so that that means we've had a lot of moves Mm. (laughs) and one of those challenges for me was within those moves knowing that it was god's will for us to move and living in sydney for anyone who lives in sydney or hears this broadcast in sydney you'll you'll i guess you'll agree that sometimes it can be quite difficult living in sydney it's a very expensive place to live it's a very busy place people's lives are tied up in work and family and that's about all they have time for Mm. and there's some time for uh Recreation, but it wasn't the sort of place that we really felt, uh, you know, we could settle down here. Mm. And so we, we went through a, a fairly challenging year or so down there. It was about 18 months. And then the, the day before we broke up for Christmas in the company I was working for, out of the blue, I received a phone call from Western Australia. Now, I'm at, I'm at the Christmas breakup um, for our work. And I get this phone call from another workplace saying, we want you to come back over to Western Australia and work for us. And it was work in a hospitality industry and I was working in the aircraft industry where I really wanted to be. Mm. And it was a real challenge for me. I, I had this dichotomy of challenges where I enjoyed the work, but... I didn't like where I was working Mm. and then the expense of where we were living. And so I had to put this to God and ask, is this really what you want? I know we liked WA, we liked Western Australia, but it was in an industry I didn't really enjoy very much. But, you know, in the end, the income was better. You know, the lifestyle was much better. And as we put it to God, he made it clear that's where he wanted us to be. And the amazing thing for me is getting there. I had a verbal agreement with the manager who I knew very, very well. Mm. 
And when we got there, we were I was only in that job for seven weeks because it wasn't what he made out it was, or at least his managers didn't agree with the way, uh, with the agreement that he made. And so we were only there for seven weeks in that work and then we ended up going somewhere else. Uh, but it was in Western Australia when we were back there with friends and people that we knew and we were just so blessed and I guess what I wanted to share with people was uh, we can't see the end from the beginning and when I look at that move it was probably one of the best things for me and I had my call to ministry while we were over there uh, many many years later Mm. but you know we really enjoyed the time that we had there we really uh, enjoyed the move actually it was it was quite a pleasant move But all in all, uh, I found that sometimes what can seem like a challenge for us can actually turn out to be a real blessing. And so go with God and and spend time asking him what he wants us to do, and he'll always open the way for us. Mm, Amen. I'm just going to mention our show number, 0488-880891. That's 488 880891. Now you can text us in any time during the program with your queries or questions or feedback. And I'm just going to ask you now, if you feel like texting us in, tell us where you're listening from. We'd love to know where you're listening from, whether it be in Western Australia. We know that uh, David spent quite a bit of time over in WA and uh, uh, Gary Webster's over there at the moment. So uh, if, you're li- if you're over there, text us in or wherever you're listening for, uh, from. Give us a text and, uh, and tell us where you're listening from. Now, uh, if you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can do that on the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au, or you can catch up on the Faith FM app as well if you've got a phone or tablet. And I will just uh, mention that we had a, a fault yesterday with our Hobart connection. So those in the Hobart area, if you missed out on yesterday's program, that was called The Mark of the Beast with Peter Watts. Um, if you want to catch up on that, you can do so, obviously, with those uh, methods that I mentioned there, the faithfm.com.au website or the Faith FM app. Now, uh, today, the prophetic word is your topic, uh, David. Do you, do you want to, before we get into that, uh, recap, or are we going to go straight into it? Yeah, no, we can recap on, on last week. Last week, we were looking at the, the King of Kings actually coming back. Um, we, we knew that he would, and that was called uh, The Coming King. It was the, the, the series uh, title presentation, if you like, and we've got a number of other presentations yet before we finish. Mm. But today, the talk we're looking at entitled The Prophetic Word, we're going to see this link between Daniel and Revelation's prophecies. Um, and we're going to start by reading Second uh, Peter 1, 16 to 21 in the New King James. But before we do that, I think it's probably important that we pray. Sure. Uh, would you like to have a quick prayer for us, please? Sure, uh, I can do that. Jason, thanks. Dear Father in Heaven, we just uh, want to ask you to be with us as we open your word, as we study it, and uh, we ask that you give us understanding. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 So Second Peter one sixteen to 21, very, very interesting passage, and I was uh, going to ask if you wouldn't mind reading that for us, Jason. Sure. Uh, 
Thanks. So Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 to 21, it says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honour and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Jason. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that prophecy today. So the opening illustration I wanted to use today was in relation to the Mayan calendar. And some of you may have heard about 2012 and the Mayan calendar. Mm. On December 20, 2011, the National Geographic published an article entitled End of the World in 2012? Question mark. Maya Doomsday Calendar Explained. In this article, it states that the calendar ended on December 21, 2012, which it did, and many saw this as a sign that it was predicting the end of the world uh, on that particular date. Clearly, we're still here, so it didn't. Mm. <laughs> but after researching the main cu- culture, it was found that this date was simply the end of a cycle. Um, as uh, John Roach r- writes, almost a 400-year period in the Maya long calendar count. So we're still here. Clearly, it wasn't the end of the world, as some had predicted, but often people trying to make these these events or some events fit someone's prophecy. You might have seen how people use um, some of those uh, those prophecies of the past. Um, what's that fellow who's... Nostradamus. Stra- Nostradamus. Yes. Yeah, I missed his, his name there for a moment. But, yeah, Nostradamus, and when you read some of his very obscure prophecies people use anything to fit in there <clears throat> um, what what would have been better to do for the Mayan case would have been to actually study their culture a little bit and understand it and then come to that prophecy or come to that calendar with a more open mind one of the hardest things to do when we read the bible prophecies try to gain a proper interpretation from it and to do that we've got to put aside our own preconceived ideas and study it faithfully because the Bible actually explains itself and that's important. We've discovered that the Bible is not like any other book. It's God's message to us given by men who are closely connected to him. And it teaches us about Jesus, it teaches us about God and it helps us prepare for the future. So many of these first-hand witnesses if you like had these experiences with jesus and we're going to look at some of these uh, as we read eyewitness accounts mm. to see what they had to say after the break looking forward to getting into that shortly mm. just uh, a couple of people have texted in Raphael listening from maitland new south wales and christopher from dennington victoria Thanks for uh, touching base with us. And we've got a question for you and, and all of our listeners this morning. Have you ever been a first-hand witness of something? Was your account of the event believed? 
We're going to uh, go to this break now, and this is Speak O Lord, Keith and Kristen Getty. Speaker Lord, Keith and Kristen Getty. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Maxwell this morning on his series titled The Coming King. 
Now, before the break, I did ask a question of our listeners. Have you ever been a first-hand witness of something? And was your account of the event believed? We'd like you to share with us an event or something that you've experienced like this and uh, text us in on 0488-880-891. That's 0488-880-891. And uh, just, uh, yeah, thanks, Raphael and Christopher, for texting us in and connecting with us and letting us know that you're listening from Maitland in New South Wales and Dennington in Victoria. So, uh, David, um, we just before the break, we were saying that uh, many of the people who were writing the scriptures, writing the Bible, they were first-hand witnesses of many of the events, and we read about that in the passage earlier. Um, do you want to just expand that a little bit, elaborate on it? Yeah, would love to. Thanks, Jason. You know, the the prophetic word prophecy that we're talking about is God speaking to us. He's He's giving us information we need to know. And I just love that song, Speak, O Lord, and it fits in really well with the topic today of the prophetic word. And that prophetic word was carried to us or is carried to us uh, by many, many first-hand witnesses <clears throat> as they experience God talking to them very personally. And briefly, I just want to firstly, before I look at what the words are, I want to look briefly at just three of these first-hand witnesses, Peter, John, and Daniel. Firstly, Peter is one that is one of Jesus' disciples, and he sees quite clearly that Jesus and the prophets are intricately linked. As he writes in First Peter, Second Peter, um, this is after Christ has lived, died, and been resurrected, gone back to heaven. So he is finally seeing things clearly, and often we don't see things clearly because we don't see the whole picture. In this sense, they've been able to see this quite clearly. And as we read in First Peter, uh, chapter, sorry, Second Peter, chapter one, verse sixteen, we did not follow. Peter says, cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eye witnesses of His Majesty. They saw it. Mm. They saw it. And and what he says is that Jesus' life and words actually confirm and validate the prophets. He says that later on. He says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Those prophecies that talked about Jesus, they lived it. They breathed it. They walked beside. They touched him. John talks about this too. We'll touch on that in a moment. I'm just going to... Um share something that I picked up from that that uh, passage that we read that mm. that you know when when Jesus was baptized they heard the voice say my beloved you know this is my beloved son and it yeah. seems as though they heard it again when mm. they were on the mount of olives here and that's right and so they they witnessed that and they heard it and they recognized it because they mm. you know they they'd experienced it before and they experienced yes. it again Yes, yes, that's right. And this is Peter, James and John. Mm. So three of the witnesses. We can't look at all of them, you know. But, Mm. um, yeah, take a read of Peter, James and John and their epistles and the letters they write after the time of Christ, not the Gospels. Mm. And you'll see how they really confirm that the Holy Spirit was instrumental in speaking through these prophets. Mm. Very, very important. Second one was John. I love John. I really love John because he shares with us three facets of about this king that we're talking about in this series. Firstly, in the gospel, 
there's the story of Jesus. I'm going to mention these three aspects as we go through today. The firstly, there's story, the story of Jesus. He shows that Jesus is God. That's what his essence of his gospel is about. I want to show that Jesus is God. He puts aside his glory and he comes to earth to live as a man, Jesus of Nazareth. And he's very, very clear as he goes through that he is also God, but he's man. And that's something we don't understand. We, we can't comprehend that God and man can be together in a human. Mm. And that's what Jesus was. He speaks about salvation and the Holy Spirit's activities in our lives in John chapter 15 and 16. He talks about faith under fire in the last days. Um, but then um, in his epistles, the epistles are like a letter to mm. people in the church. Mm. Here's his witness about Jesus. He confirms the past existence of Jesus. I want to read that. I want to go to First uh, First John one. Let me go to First John one for you. I thought I had that one ready. I don't, but we'll go to it. First <clears throat> John one one to three. This is what he says: That which was from the beginning, which we've seen, which we've heard, and which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we've seen, and we bear witness, and we declare to you that eternal life that was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare unto you that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There's such passion in John's words as he writes and he accepts, secondly, the present reality of Jesus as the Saviour, the Messiah, um, that they experienced and lived through that experience with him. Mm. And then he also, in, uh, in John, um, but also here in the epistles, in his letter, he, he uh, um, affirms, if you like, the future reality of Jesus as the true king, as opposed to the Antichrist that's coming, the one that's going to pretend to be Jesus. And that connects into the revelation of Jesus. So both in the theme and the title, this revelation, um, this revealing of who Jesus is, John ties all these themes together. He shows that that obedience to the witness of Jesus lived out in the life or the story results in persecution. You know, So we become part of this story, if you like. And Satan's deceptions will be cunning, they'll, be, they'll deceive many, but in the end, the faithful are going to be victorious through the revelation of the coming king. So we have the story, we have the witness, we have the revelation. And this pattern is made clear through the life, death, resurrection and promised return of Jesus Christ, the coming king. And, and I think that's really, really important for us as Christians to, to actually draw those parallels. Um, but this parallel is also seen in another witness, the prophet Daniel, in his uh, writings and his visions. Um, uh, I'm probably running out of time to read the bits that I want to read, but it, Daniel was witnessing for Jesus. You know, he was tested. Um, you have chapter 1, chapter 3, chapter 6, um, and, and you have all of these three in Daniel. There's a number of stories. There's a diet test where they're tested to be faithful. There's the fire test where he attests to his three friends going through that fire. I don't know where he was at the time, but he probably wasn't there. It's one of my uh, favourite stories, <coughs> that one, because it, it gives us so much, or gives me so much strength uh, of faith and courage when these guys, you know, faced 
you know, potential death, but they they uh, stood up for their beliefs. Yeah, and Jesus yeah. turns up. You know, mm. Jesus turns up there Absolutely. for them. Yeah. Um, Daniel speaks of the importance of and results of living a genuine, faithful life, dedicated, following God, being His faithful witnesses. Um, then in the story, um, in the story, we have Jesus in history, and this is through the dreams and visions recorded in Daniel. We see the story of Jesus foreknowledge of the future and foreknowledge of history and his actions throughout it all. And that's very, very important. And then we have the victory recorded by Daniel, um, the victory or the revelation of Jesus, this coming king. We have the stone in the statue and many other places through uh, through Daniel we see this connection to revelation. But um, this is the story and the witness. Finally, this revelation of Jesus as the coming king and it's in the dreams and also the overall theme of the book of Daniel. Um, that's, I think that's very, very important. That it unfolds this history of the world, if you like. Some people haven't seen that in Daniel. But when we see Jesus' reference to Daniel, we see Jesus' reference to many other places of, um, of Daniel speaking, we know it's written when we believe it's written, you know, back in, back in those um, early... Uh, 400 BC, you know, back then for four, five hundred BC, that's that's when this book was written. Not in the two two hundreds or one hundreds, as some people have suggested. And there's this story and witness. We see God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning, and he doesn't, as it says in the Bible, he does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. That's in Amos. His revelation to us is actually helping us to understand who God is and have faith in him. You know, a bit like we heard of doubt, doubting Thomas. <laughs> Thomas has the story. He sees Jesus. He has the witness of Jesus, but he doesn't believe until he sees the full re- revelation of Jesus. Mm, that was after his resurrection, of course, when, he, when exactly he saw right. him again face to face. and uh, Yeah, that's right. And reached out and touched him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's sort of there's there's these three aspects: story, revelation, and witness. Mm. And mm. Uh, you're connecting that with the the story being the the Bible, the the, yep. the Word of God, the revelation being the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, of course, the, the witness being um, us, I guess. And and uh, yeah. he wants to be part, or he wants us to be part of the witness to the world in the last Yeah, days. that's right. Like yeah. the disciples were. You know, they were his witnesses, and he wants us to be his witnesses too. Mm. Awesome. Well, we've had uh, Raphael text in and uh, share an experience. He says, I have experienced firsthand the amazing love of God for a sinner like me, now saved by his grace. That's fantastic. Thanks, Raphael, for sharing. Uh, just a reminder, the uh, listener question that we had before was, have you ever been a first-hand witness of something? Was your account of the event believed? So you can text us in on 0488-880-891. This is By Faith by Rebecca Simmons. faith we see the hand of God in the light of creation's grand design in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness who walk by faith and not by sight 
by faith our fathers roam the earth with the power of his promise in their hearts of a holy city built by God's own hand a place where peace and justice reign we will stand and die as children of the
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we've been talking with David Maxwell about this topic that is the prophetic word. Now, interesting, that song talking about uh, walking by faith, not by sight. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that we have, we may not have seen things firsthand, but we have the witness of those who did. And uh, I think that's what gives us the faith or the ability to walk forward in faith. And, uh, of course, we do also experience things ourselves as well. So, um, Now, just before we go on, I do want to mention that we do have a free book offer coming up, and that is called Decoding Bible Prophecy. We will give you a bit more information about that at the end of this section. So uh, we're looking at how Daniel and Revelation link and show us prophetically where we are in relation to Jesus' return. You've been speaking about the first-hand witnesses that recorded many of the Bible stories for us. So what else have you got to share about this, David? There's, uh, I'm sure there's lots to, to talk about. Oh, there is, and we oh, I have to cut down what I can share based on the time we have. But just to help people draw those links together to what we talked about before the break was we have the story about Jesus. We have the story recorded by those first-hand witnesses in the Bible. And then, you know, as they record that story, they're actually part of that story. They're the first hand witnesses of Jesus and what he did and they have the first hand witness of the confirmation of those prophecies about him in the past and then that revelation of Jesus is for them very present but for us it's future as well you know and that's the that's the point of prophecy pointing out those things that haven't yet happened in the old testament pointed forward to jesus um, for them it pointed forward to what he would achieve in the future and for us we we also look at those prophecies strengthening our faith from what we see has happened and we have the first hand witness of those of those um those disciples of his mm. and it points forward to what's going to happen in the future because we can trust that first hand witness we can also have faith in the prophecies that are going to come so that's that's how we link those three the story the personal witness and the revelation that I was talking about before the break What's also important to note is that as we have these links between Daniel and Revelation, Revelation is understood better when we look at Daniel. And uh, when I look at Daniel, I see that Jesus is present. He is revealed, if you like, to Daniel in, in, uh, in that book that he recorded uh, in his time. I'm just going to jump to Revelation chapter 3 and I'm going to read a couple of verses, 23 to 25, where we see the revelation of Jesus as a confirmation of the faith of Daniel's friends. So this is Daniel 3, not Revelation 3. Sorry, did I say Revelation? Daniel 3, sorry. Daniel 3, uh, chapter... Chapter 3, verse 23 23 to 25. 25. And these three men, Shadrach and Abednego, Seem to have lost. In fact, those who throw them in. Sorry, David, you got me? Your, your connection just dropped out for a moment, but we're back now. Oh, okay. Yep, back. Good. Um, so those who threw these three men in actually died, and and I think that's that shows the heat of this 
this furnace where they were thrown into. Mm. So then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counsellors, Didn't we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said, Oh, true, O king. Look, he said, I see four men loose walking around in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So here, Jesus visits those who are faithful to him, and he, he appears in reality and protects those three men, so much so that uh, their, their Hebrew names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, are not even harmed. When they come out, there's not even the smell of smoke on them like we get when we go to bonfire. Mm. Um, in chapter 10 of Daniel, we have uh, um, an indication of who this person is. So in chapter 10, <clears throat> I have to quickly read a verse that uh, Daniel sees another vision. And in this vision, he sees, uh, this is chapter 10, verse 5, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with the gold of Euphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in colour, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And then we see a link through to Revelation, because in Revelation we have almost the identical vision that John sees. John sees almost the same thing, Revelation 1, verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I heard behind me a voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. So this is God. This is God that's speaking. And then as he goes through, uh, as he turns around to see who this is that's speaking, this is what he sees in verse 13. And in the um, I turned to see the voice who spoke to me, and I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, girded about the, the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like white like wool, uh, as white as snow. His eyes like a flame of fire, his feet like fine brass as refined in the furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters and and this this person this being that he sees as you go to verse 18 is clearly jesus it's mm. clearly god the son he was alive and he dead he died and then he's alive again that's speaking about jesus so we have this revelation in 18 in, in this verse 18 that confirms what we saw in Daniel, and Daniel also preempts, if you like, this vision of Jesus, who he was. Daniel sees him both as the man in the fire and the God who was coming, and John sees that same vision. So you see that Jesus, through these passages of Daniel and Revelation, um, is is the the culmination, if you like, of... Uh, who Jesus is, the revealing of who Jesus is. And in Revelation, we see that he's amongst the churches. Mm. He's worthy to judge. He opens the seven seals. He defeats the dragon. He judges false religion and rebellion. And he returns to claim his faithful. So through prophecy, Jesus is revealed, which is the whole title of Revelation anyway. It's the revealing mm. of Jesus Christ. He returns to claim his faithful. And he also <laughs> wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be prepared. I had an illustration there, but you've got something to share before the break, and so perhaps I'll use that illustration afterwards. Yeah, sure. Um, our book offer today, Decoding Bible Prophecy, and the number to get that will be 0488 880891. 
uh, we read that verse or mentioned the verse before that it says, "Surely the Lord does the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret counsel to His servants, the prophets." From Amos chapter three, verse seven. Now, this book is about understanding what those Bible prophets said, especially apocalyptic prophets such as Daniel and John the Revelator. It is about knowing how to read these prophecies and make sense of some difficult passages in the Bible. You will learn principles of interpretation, the meaning of a number of the apocalyptic symbols, and important hints regarding major time prophecies. And we will give you the code to get the book right after this break. This is... Jesus in You by Kate Hollingsworth. Jesus in You invites me to higher thought and purer motive. Thank you for being a surrender.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, we're talking with David Maxwell this morning. Now, before the, we went to the break, I promised a code for the book Decoding Bible Prophecy. And that code is King Number Six. Just the word King and the number six, no spaces. If you text that into 0488 the code King Six. Now, David, um, before we went to the break, you are about to share a little illustration about being prepared, but we didn't have time, so uh, let's do that now. Yeah, uh, my brother does a lot of skydiving. He's done about a 1,000 jumps out of planes and only had to cut away his main chute three times, um, which is a bit scary, but he always has a reserve. (laughs) It got tangled or some problem with it, and he had to cut it away and use his reserve. I would have stopped by now. But before (laughs) before they jump, it looks like they just go up in the plane, jump out. But they actually do a lot of preparation, especially when they're wearing wingsuits or they're trying to fly in formation or do something special they get on mechanics trolleys on the it's quite funny to watch actually um on the on the in the shed where they practice and they actually practice all their moves uh on the trolleys so that when they jump out of the plane they do it just like they practiced it Mm. and that's because they want to be prepared they don't want any um uh, surprises at the last minute it's not good and and this is as as Jesus reveals the future for us. He wants he does this because he wants us to be uh, prepared. He warns us in Revelation. He's told us in Daniel. We see these links between the two. I want to just quickly spend a bit of time on these two links or these links between the two uh, Revelation and Daniel prophecies. So in Revelation thirteen, there's this beast from the sea pointing forward. Uh, actually, it's a it's an amalgamation of time. It's something that's happened already and will happen again. And there's this beast that comes out of the sea, representing a power, an earth power, power from the earth. And he has uh, horns, ten crowns, blasphemous name on his head, and he is like a leopard, feet like a bear, mouth like a lion, and the dragon gives him his power. To understand what this is talking about, you've got to go back to Daniel. And Daniel has a vision which has a similar Um, similar terminology, similar imagery. We have this leopard, we have a lion, we have a bear, we have these kingdoms, um, Babylon, Media Persia, and Greece. And the symbols represent something about those kingdoms. So this kingdom that arises at the end of time that's mentioned in um, uh, Revelation has similar characteristics. It arises swiftly to power. It crushes its opposition like the feet of the bear, that's that, and the mouth of the lion is the false worship that, uh, that opposes God. It speaks blasphemies. It's wounded and it's healed. And from history we know that the papacy, um, now I'm not talking about people within a system, I'm talking about the system itself, that actually fulfills that prophecy of Revelation 13. We know the papacy's been around for a long, long time. It says that it speaks for God. It arose from among the ten nations of Europe, Italy. It arises swiftly to power in 528, crushes all opposition. You can go into history and you can see what that power did. It's very sad how many Christians, true followers of God, were killed because of another religious system. And that's that's really difficult for us to grasp. It institutes false worship as it introduces traditions throughout its early years. 
It was wounded in 1798, and even the papers record that the deadly wound was healed in 1929 Mm. with Mussolini giving power back to the papacy. On the other hand, this land beast appears peaceful, but it's not. So there's another beast that's mentioned in Revelation 13, and that's a land beast, not a beast that comes from the sea. It appears peaceful, but it's not. It exercises the same power. It becomes a persecuting power and enforces religious observance and a death decree for non-compliance. And from many other evidences that we don't have time to go through today, we know that that power is the United States. And if you've been listening to some of the other presentations, you would have seen that these are being explained in other presentations as well. Yeah, Peter Watts has been doing some of those recently on his Thursday programming, uh, Searching for Certainty. Yeah, correct. So, you know, God doesn't want us to be caught unawares, and so he puts things in these prophecies so that we can both uh, know what's happening and we won't be caught unawares. We see history unfold from from reading these prophecies, and it helps us to understand where we are in the world's history. So, you know, when we look at Daniel's dream um, with the statue that we've talked about in the past, we see that we're down there in the toes of the iron and the clay. Um, that's, that's where we are. And the next thing that happens in that dream is the stone comes and crushes mm. all the world kingdoms, representing Jesus' return. In the dream of the four beasts in, in Daniel, we see the nature of those kingdoms. So each prophecy unpacks a little bit more. We see that we're in the time of the ruling of this little horn, the apostate Rome, if you like, of Daniel 7. And the heavenly judgment's underway, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 26 as well. And it's followed by the one like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. In his dream of the ram and the goat, which outlines more specific details about the final kingdom and the timing, we see we're in this time called the cleansing of the sanctuary, starting in 1844. Um, and this is fascinating information. If you want more of this, you, you really need to ask for that book and have that book sent out to you, and it will unpack some of this for you. We haven't got time to unpack all of this today. Mm. But we are living in the time of the sounding of the final angel's message of Revelation fourteen nine, And when we see that, we see that God is calling people to worship sincerely and avoid false worship and receiving the mark of the beast. And, and uh, Peter Watts talked about that yesterday. If you missed it, go and have a listen to that. Those who listen and respond to this calling that God gives us are described in Revelation 14.12 as having faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Here it says, it says, here are the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and keep the faith of Jesus. Very, very important. Two things. I, I would tell you, I would suggest that we can't keep the commandments unless we keep the faith of Jesus. That's mm. that's very, very important. And that was Revelation so, 14 verse 12. 14 verse 12, yeah, yeah, that's right. So now in these days, today, where we're living, before the mark is in force, we can see the world positioning itself for more governmental control. Mm. And we would be blind if we can't see that. Mm. And, and, you know, when we look back in history, when we look at that prophecy, that misapplied prophecy of the Mayan calendar, we see the world didn't end then, but 
I can assure you it's coming to an abrupt end very, very soon. Many scholars misinterpret the prophecies of Daniel, but when we see the link between Daniel and Revelation, by linking these two books through the imagery that's in there, we can see where we are in history. We know there's not much time left and there's only a little bit more to be fulfilled. Mm. Peter reminds us, that we have a clear confirmation of these ancient prophecies through the words and life of Jesus. Jesus reminds us through John, through John's letter, that Jesus' words are faithful and true. And my challenge to you today is, will you allow the truth and light of Jesus to penetrate into the darkness of our hearts and bring you light? Because the King is coming soon. His prophecies have foretold it, and very soon those prophecies will be fulfilled. Mm. And of course, uh, having those prophecies and the prophetic word that we've seen has uh, has been fulfilled gives us the faith and the trust that uh, we can trust in the future ones that are yet to come. Mm. Um, so, David, what have you got for us next week? Yeah, next week. Next week, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into you know, what are the signs, what are the things that show us very literally, very practically here around us today um, where we are in history and, this, and, and how we know that Jesus is coming very soon. The program's entitled Signs of the Times. Okay. And of course, don't forget our offer for today. That's the code word is King and the number six. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And Monday is our next program with David Leo. He's going to be talking about a coin toss, uh, focusing on Mark chapter 12. Uh, so we hope you can join us then. We hope you can join us next Friday as well. And uh, wherever you are today, we just hope that God is with you and that you have a good day. This is Matthew Mole with You and Your Crown.
proceeding through every direction you're leading. It's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life. So we're protected and leading. Don't be heeding these lies proceeding through every direction you're leading. It's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life. So we're protected and leaning on you. Fall down in the light, in the blinding light. And you, you're crowned. Win the fight, win the fight.